0: Hey guys, what's going on? It's Big Shrimp here, along with producer Hodge, SamoCast number 21. My goodness, I can't believe it's already 21, Hodge, but also, um, I'm sure the people can't believe we're actually doing this simulcast. Uh, we've taken a long hiatus, but we're back. And um, I do want to let everybody know, as far as Big Shrimp Radio is concerned, uh we're a few episodes behind. Those are being uploaded um once a week on Fridays. Uh I think we got four more and then I'm gonna have we'll be back in real time after that. But um uh we're gonna be moving slowly at Big Shrimp Radio. We're still gonna be doing podcasts and interviews and simulcast. I think simulcasts are gonna continue on a regular basis. But going forward, I'm not sure about the uh, regular episodes, if they'll be weekly or bi-weekly. Uh, yours truly has a lot on his plate right now, as you'll see as we get through the list here of what we got to talk about today. But um, the seasons um, are 50-episode seasons going forward, and so we're in Season 2 of Big Shrimp Radio and... Um, we're in the 20s on the episode, so we got quite a few left until we get to 50. But, um, yeah, so speaking of segments and the simulcast being a show on its own, but also, um, I guess, the segment in and of itself of Bass Shrimp Radio and the Hodgepodge podcast. Um, Hodge, um, what's going on with you, buddy?
1: Man, it has uh, been a wild week for me, um, but we'll talk about that later in the show. Um, long week, so people, we're not we're not doing we're doing the same guys differently, and I'm gonna talk about my laptop situation, like I said later in the show. But um, so there may be a difference in the audio here. I'm recording with the with the new recording device because I'm having to do it off my iPad. Can't record all of that, um, but you know. Since we've been off, it's been a long time since we've done one of these, um, I started a new segment on my show, and I had come to you before, and I was like, what do you think about this? And you were like, no, it would never work. It's not going to be good. And that was, what is this artist's favorite or best album? And I did it, and man, it's a big yeah. hit. I had... Um, Raise Energy came to me. They're like, "Hey, man, let's just put let's just put the um, ads on those podcasts for right now." And I'm like, "Now, now, I have to make the it, it's a mistake that I did because I just wanted more content out there because we promised Monday and Wednesday, which so, we just couldn't help what what it all happened and what transcribed throughout the the months that we've been gone. But I was like, there has to be something that I can do and Yeah, and that's that's what I meant I'm doing. I I promised myself I was not going to do anything like Kiss or anybody that has over like 10 albums. And I did a Kiss and they had 20 albums. And man, that thing was killer to, it's killer to, uh, because I don't just go, the first one I just went and I just listened to albums, but I actually learned that you can go and you can do more research and we'll find out a lot more about the album and it can help, figure out which is better. And so that's, that's what I've been doing. I've been doing these and then doing podcasts. And so been all over the place. Dangerous.
0: So 20 albums, a band that's been out since
1: oh the seventies. Is that right? It, it, yeah. I mean, I'd listened to all their albums before because they're, um, one of my favorite bands of all time. And so, you know how OCD I am. Like if I've listened to the first, yeah, album, that
0: makes it even worse. you <laughs> Your OCD makes it even worse. That's a whole lot of research and studying is what I was trying to get at.
1: Yeah, it's but I'm working on a, um, working on Brad Paisley right now. And that's going to be out in a couple of weeks because this one's going out, um, next Wednesday. So the Brad, I have a little bit more time to do Brad Paisley. So I'm working on that one.
0: I like Brad a lot. me, it's timing, man. I, uh, uh, not, not, not saying it disparagingly at all, but, um, I remember the first time I saw him, I can't believe how small he was. You know who else is is uh, Kix Brooks? Yeah, right. the first I, time I, I saw him, I uh, yeah, I ran up to him, I grabbed both shoulders, I said, "Dude," I said, "I used to hate country music. I was all about gangster rap and <laughs> and then uh, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, I, I really uh, started listening to you guys and I." I'm in love with what you, you, you all are doing. And Eddie hugged me and he said, thank you. I appreciate that. And we took a photo together, but we took it. I had a, uh, a cheap photo disposable camera. Mm-hmm. And so the photo is on my uh, personal Facebook, but it's, um, I'll probably go ahead and put it on Instagram later if I remember, but it's the lighting is horrible. The quality is horrible, but. Yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, that's what came to mind when you mentioned uh, uh, Brad Paisley I'm gonna miss her uh, <laughs> what I did. Brad Paisley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a famous name. But yeah, what you mentioned is it, what came to mind. Matter of fact, I'm gonna make a note right here, um, post the
1: Well, you had missed, You had texted um, me the other day, and you were like, "Watch this video," and it was um, Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell, and James Corden doing the spill your guts thing. And I've watched, I've watched every one of those. But you sent me what you're going to talk about. Yeah. I don't understand. Okay, yeah. wh- what what is this controversy? Of the spill your guts thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're
0: gonna talk about it. I want to know: is society getting to be too soft? with this cancel culture, uh everything's offensive, so mm-hmm. nothing can be done or said at all because I'm like, oh, that's offensive and so we gotta cancel it. So but I I've heard of James Corden. Yeah. And as you and I were talking yesterday, I always thought he was a gay guy from the UK, but apparently he's not. But anyways, um I had a... I knew of him, but I didn't know anything about his show or whatever. Mm. So I came across an article somehow or another that some Asian girl, and I don't know if she lives in the United States or the UK or where she lives, but apparently she had gotten offended at the show's segment called Spill Your Guts or "Fill Your Guts because a lot of the foods that's on there um, – are eaten um, authentically by Asians. And so she thought they're poking fun of Asians and she oh said, it's offensive. Well, he got, a, he got, he caught wind of it. And then he, people started backlash, not because of that, but because he just kind of shrugged his shoulders out and said, whatever, uh, we'll modify the segment. But he didn't apologize. So everybody's all up in arms because you didn't say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I offended you. I got something to say, folks. I'm a little bit liberal in my views on some things. And I understand the the need to be sensitive, uh, especially um, in the area of race and ethnicity. I understand it. Um, And I also understand uh, that some folks have gone too far uh, with certain things that perhaps whether it be canceled or, but when, when the Border walling thing happened, Hodge and I came on air and said, uh, it doesn't need to be canceled. Maybe just go away for a while. We agreed with what Bobby Bones said. Um, because everybody deserves a second chance. Um, so if, if you get to the point to where everybody is canceled and we, and our speech is restricted to only what makes us feel good, we're going to live in a very dull society. And what is passed is entertainment and comedy will no longer exist. And by the way, I am Asian. I take no offense. I binge watched. So I read that article and I sought out YouTube clips and I watched every video I could find yesterday, I believe it was. And I was entertained. And to be honest with you, they're not poking fun of Asians, they're poking fun of these foods, but the foods aren't prepared. In a way that they're eaten in Asian culture. Like the cow tongue, a big old fat slab tongue. I have eaten cow tongue a million times in my life, and I've never eaten a big old slab like that. It's usually chopped up, sliced, um, you know, or, you know, it's just different, whatever. I, I'm just frustrated that, um, people have decided to go this far and, and whine and complain and, before you know it, I mean, there's not going to be anything on TV except for uh, state TV. Hello, communism, big red fire truck. Hello. Yeah. Uh, because everything's <laughs> going to be restricted. Right. And I think that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's, it just so happens that maybe, and people are going to cancel me after I say this, but Asian people may have the nastiest looking food. That may not be true, but you never know, you know. Well, it's all relative, really, to be honest. It's all relative. I mean, you say the stupid thing about my or whoever. Right, are, right. Um, it's just if you're not used to it, if, if the food. Or you got
0: to think about how these people eat. Like a lot of people that are poor in poor countries, they eat what they can get. Right. They don't have the luxury, I would say, Man, am I going to have a chicken breast today, chicken thighs, or am I don't have a T-bone, am right. I going to have a pork chop? They don't have that luxury. they got to go outside and catch what they can catch or go to the local market. And yet, what's a local market people were able to go outside and catch? They don't have um, uh, Cisco trucks and big food trucks delivering food as we have in the United States. And so, you know, um, it's all whatever. And I do understand, believe me, uh, there are foods, Laos foods, authentic Louse foods, that me and my dad talk about it. And I'm like, there's no way I'll eat that. Like, that is like, um, there was this um, critter, he sent me a video of that uh, one of his girlfriends in Louse sent him, it's like a rodent, a, a real life rodent with the hard shell, and apparently they only exist, um, and I like can, which to Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. But you can tell it's a rodent by its little nose and its little claws and everything. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, it lives underground and, and it feeds on all kinds of junk. Well, but he said, it's a delicacy. He said, people will spend like a day's wage on it. It's kind of like, you know, I guess what we would spend on a big old lobster here in the United States at a restaurant. And I was like, dude, there is no way. If I go, I'm not eating it. People over there, some people eat tarantulas. I'm not eating it. Some people eat bugs, various bugs. I'm not doing that. I, I might try a bug or two, but I'm not going down to bug buffet, you know? I'm definitely the nasty-ass, tarantula. So, <laughs> believe me, I get nastiness. And I'm not being racist against my own kind by saying that food is nasty. It's edible food, and it provides nourishment for the people that eat it. But guess what, buddy? If I don't want to eat it, I don't have to. But at the same time, I don't have to sit back and say, oh, my God, I have to at least accept it Where I'm a racist. I'm not a racist and it's my own kind. I'm willing to say it's disgusting, but I'm willing to say I won't eat it unless I'm dying. You know, look at me how bad I am. I'm not dying. so. Anyways, I hate to be on that soapbox, but while we're talking about food and Asian food, I know Hodge asked me a question a while back. He just texted me randomly, and I said, That's a podcast. I said, Save that for the simulcast. Hodge, without further ado, ask your question.
1: Well, the question kind of came to me because, I honestly, maybe I was watching a show or something, and I remember where... You, you had mentioned to me that, you know, your parents divorced, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. your dad being Asian culture and your mom being a white woman. And I wondered, because you, you lived your life with your mother, and so my question was to you is, did she prepare Asian food for you or was it like you just, how how did you grow up eating
0: cuisines? That's a really good question. Okay, so my dad is Lyle, my mom is white, and they divorced right when I turned five, right before I turned five. And um, growing up, I was raised by my mom and white stepdad. I did every summer go to Nashville from Johnson City to uh, spend time with my Lao family. Right. So I was used to eating a lot of food there, but my mom loves sticky rice and sticky rice is a rice that's grown in Laos and Thailand. And, um, it, um my dad is Laos. my mom is white and they divorced right when I turned five, right before I turned five. And, um, Growing up I was raised by my mom and my stepdad. I did every summer go to Nashville from Java City to uh, spend time with my Lao family. Right. So uh, I was used to eating Laos food there, but my mom loves sticky rice. And sticky rice is a rice that's grown in Laos and Thailand. And um it um um you eat it with your hands. It's different than sushi rice. So I think when I describe it, I think sushi rice. Definitely different, prepared differently, grown differently. But anyways, my mom is always a lot of sticky rice. Okay. And my mom liked the Laos style of baked chicken. So she would make Laos style baked chicken and sticky rice periodically.
1: Uh-huh.
0: and uh so I when I was with her, I would eat that. But um I um so to really understand what I mean the story I'm going really to explain about me trying to abandon my Americanness for a while, you have to understand their background. So um I grew up in a poor neighborhood. I went like right, our house we had a house but we live back apartments a quarter mile one direction a quarter mile the opposite direction uh, was another uh, set of apartments at Wataga and Steel intersection Housing projects I went to elementary school uh, for second and third and fourth grade at a predominantly black school and I stood out with my sore thumb got made fun of got beat up got picked on and uh i was called a mexican even though i'm not anywhere near mexican and so i had a trip on my shoulder so i said you know what f y'all i'm going to embrace my loudness <laughs> i'm i'm loud, and that's what i did so well,
1: good for i started
0: you. really revving up learning the language and revving up learning recipes and and then i would go to um any Chinese or Japanese restaurant I could, even though that stuff isn't authentic, I would still go and get my grandmother to take me up to church, when we go to church, go eat afterwards. I get her to taste me just so I can have Oriental, and we're not doing video, but I'm doing air quotes, Oriental food, um, mm-hmm. just to get close to Asian culture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I um, really embraced it, but now, up until recently, I was, I was eating rice every day. I, I prefer rice over uh, bread. And you've always thought, wow, you asked me a few times about it, Hodge. Um, but now I'm on this diet. and We'll get into that in a little bit, but I'm not eating rice at all. But um, right, yeah, so to answer your question, um, yeah, I'm on meat a little bit, but I really immerse myself into it purposefully. So moving on from that, uh, well, we'll go ahead and talk about my diet right now. Um, what a perfect segue. So I'm doing a ketogenic diet and I'm now I'm implementing uh, um, intermittent fasting. It's not easy. It's, a, it's, a, it's all on the head. I failed a couple of times, but i am got right back on the wagon. Uh, so uh, it's still secret. I'm a big boy. I didn't realize how big I was. So I, for those of you that listen regularly, you know I'm a Muslim. And uh, Muslims celebrate a month called Ramadan every year. And during the month of Ramadan, Muslims fast. From sunrise to sunset, they only eat at nighttime. And during this past Ramadan, I feel like God really blessed me uh, tremendously. Because, so I was in Nashville one day. I was coming out of a Walmart, and this eighty-year-old man walks up to me and says, "You need to lose some weight, young man. You're doing it." A- die. I said, like, holy cow. And a lot of people look at him and say, F off, a-hole. But Right. Uh, yeah. I was all ears. and said, yes, sir. Uh, for some reason, he just caught my attention. and said, yes, sir. He said, I'm telling you right now, you got to get that off of you, young man. Who said, I'm 80. I'm not going to live to see 80. And boy, it shook me. That was blessing number one. I went to a doctor's appointment to the ear, nose and throat doctor. This ear knows a throat doctor uh, comes to the room and says, dude, I can hear you breathing out of the hallway and you guys get that off of you. I'm oh, holy cow. Blessing number three comes. I go to another doctor's office. I didn't I hadn't weighed in forever. I found out I weighed 380 pounds and then and up to 390 But uh, the scale uh, was fluctuating. And I thought, oh dear Jesus, there's no way. At that moment, I said, there's no way I'm gonna get to 400. I refuse to let myself cross that point. I said, this is it. And so, you gotta understand, first of all, how blessed and fortunate I have been. Um, Diabetes runs on my dad's side of the family. Like, so many folks on my dad's side of the family has died from diabetes and they skipped my dad getting somehow or another as heavy as I am, as much sugar as I eat and, um, high blood pressure runs on my mom's side and doctors always marvel. Even to this day, when they take my blood pressure. They're like, Holy cow, your blood pressure is perfect. It's, um, you don't know how, because you're so overweight, but how your blood pressure is perfect. So, um, and you know folks it's not that I'm purposefully just that uh not very active you know but those of you that know me in that place for a while you know about my health issues and my disability uh I have a very really hard time walking and whatnot so I just had a diet for the most part to get this off and hopefully I get active later I do have a couple of surgeries coming up in the near future God willing and hopefully after I get my knee replaced and whatnot I'll do really well being able to do some cardio and just some of this off up so um yeah, so I'm doing a keto diet, and uh I found this doctor on YouTube, and I'm really considering seeing if he'll become my doctor because he's in nashville dr candy Barry m e on youtube if you want to check him out and um he, um, he lost a lot of weight himself. He's one of those that did it, so he's telling about it, and he's one of those that, uh, he talks about different diet plans. He talks about, uh, fasting. He, he, he's a really cool doctor, and i tell he's got a really hot wife. I'm going to find out, but how can I be surprised by that? He's a doctor, <laughs> and he's a attractive, so, of course, he's going to have a hot wife. but, um. Yeah, so that's me and my diet story. I know Hodge <laughs> uh speaks to the so Hodge is like, Hey man, if you're gonna be dieting, I'm gonna try too and we'll see how it works out. So I'll working with you, man.
1: You know, um it's been going okay. because, um, as everybody knows or you may not know I man, what was this? Maybe a year ago? Maybe I just started um DDP yoga, and then I sort I, I lost like thirty something pounds total in like five six months. And so, after nice. that, after that happened, um, I don't really know what happened. I just got stressed, and I just stopped doing it, and then I gained all that weight back plus five pounds. So now I'm sitting at um, I'm sitting at two twenty something like that. Um, Two twenty, two thirty, somewhere around there um my goal is to get to 175 right now um but it it's going good um there's obviously going to be some setbacks there's always obviously you know there's going to be well i cheated i accidentally ate this i might as well screw the whole rest of the day up because i ate this one little piece you know of 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 whatever it may be, yeah. And so there's been that, but but there's always going to be that. And same pitfall. Same pitfall, but it's still the. I think I have the mental capability to keep up with what I'm doing and not go down the rabbit hole like I did before. Cause I cause I'm in a better place than where Excuse I was at. Me, that, that's the
0: thing. That's the thing. Like I'm telling you, it's it's a, it's all in your head. It's a mental game more of a mental game than anything and um yeah that seemed pitfall i i thought like one day i was craving a little something sweet so i ate a little bit of a candy bar and i said oh crap just f it and yeah. i was just ruined the whole day i just ate first i said well my mom on my diet now so yeah that's that pitfall and but uh you just gotta get back on that horse and get it going again you know um uh, it, yeah, it's not the number of times you fall, it's the number of times you get back up. You know, kind of Bobby's, uh spike, grind, repeat, or uh, fail until you don't. Um, yeah, dieting is not easy. Uh, but see, the thing about it is, a lot of times people try bad diets, mm-hmm. and then uh, they get off the diet, they get to their desired weight, or they start seeing results, and they feel good. And they And then stopped. they turn around, and they gain all their weight back. Yeah. Yeah, and like you can't just be a seasonal diet that you just do it to you get to where you want to be. It's got to be a lifestyle change because if you go back to doing what you did before, you don't want to get away. It's going to come back. Mm. That's what's actually the way to begin with. And so, yeah. But, you know, speaking of food, Hodge, and apparently my friend Hodge here got caught stealing at the grocery store.
1: Well, air quote stealing, let me tell you what happened so <laughs> down here in down here in Wiggins uh, there is a local grocery store I, I, I think it's regional like Louisiana has them, and I'm pretty sure I um, like Georgia and South Carolina places like that have them um, it's a Piggly Wiggly. you may have heard of it i don't I'm not sure um you got some up here okay, you do okay, I didn't know that. So I was at the local Pigla Wiggly, and
0: it's almost the fourth. Not in of... City, but in the state of Tennessee.
1: Okay, okay, but well, you still know what I'm talking about, though. So I went into the I went into the grocery store. I was trying to find little things for dinner, you know, trying to cook something up. And they had these like a a twenty ounce bottle. They had Diet Mountain Dew, and they had stuff like that. Well, they had a four for a dollar, and I said. I'm not really drinking those right now, but the rest of the family does. I mean, was it going to hurt to get like, um, I think it was $6 worth. So I think it was like 20 bottles and I spent 6 bucks. Well, how they had them sit was they had them sat on the um, end cap of the aisle by the registers. And they had it in like, um, I call them milk crates, but it's what they put the bottle, like the, the bottle crates. I had them in that, and I sat it in the, I sat it in the buggy, and I took it to the, um, took it to the cash register, and I, it was like six dollars and some odd cents. I said, "Okay, give them a 10. They gave me some change back, and she said, "Do you need a bag?" And I said, "No." And I'm thinking, why do I need a bag if I got this this crate? You know, so I'll take it out to the truck, right? And I put it in the back. Well, I hear, "Hey, hey, hey! You can't be stealing! You can't be stealing!" And I said. And I turned around and I said, holy crap, somebody got caught stealing. And it was me. And I went up and I said, he said, you can't, you can't take that crate. And I said, oh. I said, I didn't know. I said, she, he said, yes, the, the the cashier told you. And I said, no, she asked me if I needed a bag. And, and my automatic thought was, well, I, why would I need a bag? I got this crate. There's no sense in having a bag. And he goes, yeah, we just don't like people stealing our stuff. And I said, well, look, man, I'm so- I'm sorry I wasn't stealing. I just didn't know. Like, if she would have told me, it wasn't like I ran out there with it, like, hey, I got you. I mean, it's a fucking $2 crate. Why do I care? And so he goes, I have 20, 20 drinks. And I get him out of the back of the Tahoe. And I put them in the, uh, and he goes, and I said, well, can you bring me some bags? And he said, "Uh, no, you have to go back in there yourself, and you have to get them bagged. And so this dude is following me with my buggy, and I'm pushing it in the parking lot, and I felt like such an idiot, dude. I'm like, these people think I stole these drinks, they think I stole something, and have to get up there, and I said, here's your thing, I will never go back in that store again, I I will not step back foot in a Piglu Wiggly. Never. Never.
0: Now that guy, he was on one, though, man. He was... Uh, he wanted what was that to... his That's when I... He wanted to catch someone, and I'm just sitting there thinking, do you know
1: how humiliating this is? Like, I wasn't stealing. I mean, I guess technically I did steal, but it was without my... Knowledge. And I'm like, first off, you can tell that cashier lady she could shove it where... where where she don't want it to be shoved because, first off, she did not tell me you can't take that crate with you. She asked me if I wanted a bag. And why the fuck would I want a bag if I got a damn crate that's full of drinks? So, anyways, I I got caught
0: stealing. This reminds me of, uh, a story. You know, our friend Jared, um, he, uh, when he was in high school, one of his first jobs was at a local grocery store, and they were regional, called White. And uh, he told me this story back when we were in high school. And, oh, yeah, and I couldn't believe it. He was in high school. I was in middle school at the time. I couldn't believe it. He said, yeah, man, so this uh, little guy came in a store last night, and he started stuffing steaks in his pocket down his pants. Yeah and he went out to the parking lot. We had to chase him, and I was the biggest guy. I was all excited to sit like, pretty much tackling him, like, put all my weight on top of him um, until the hobs got there. Man, I felt so bad. Then Jared told me that they also had another policy, and this really, it broke my heart at the time, and to this day, it's still heartbreaking. This is me off. You know, mm. That whenever the grocery store had waste to throw away, they had bleach and yeah. poison over the top of it to keep people from getting into it. Man, that's just heartbreaking. Well, Heart you heartbreaking
1: know th- that's that's weird about that because you know if like for example, I know this is how Walmart works. If you go and get some, let's say you go to Walmart, you get some chicken breast. You take it to the register, and yeah. you, you decide with all these groceries you don't want that chicken breast. What they do, they don't put that chicken breast and go put it back on the shelf. Because you've already taken it out of the cold section and it's already probably gotten room temperature. So they take it, there's perfectly good chicken, and they throw it away and they pour chemicals on it so nothing can eat it. And if something eats it, it dies. And I'm like, there has to be, there's nothing wrong with, you know, we do that a lot. Like, I'm pretty sure you do. Like, if you, let's say you have a pack of hamburger meat and you had it in the refrigerator and you're like, I'm going to cook lasagna tonight. And then you you lay the hamburger meat out, and you decide you know I'm not gonna cook. You put it back in the refrigerator. That's that's perfectly good meat. There's nothing wrong with that hamburger meat at all. But it's the fact that they have this big company, and it's like they can lose one or two packs of chicken breast and not worry. You know, so it's like that guy sitting out on the sidewalk. He may not know. He may not have anything to cook chicken,
0: but you could at least
1: you know you know what I mean like. It, it,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's sad. It's um there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way uh to dispose of food and um I know some states have programs and and whatnot uh but whatever. It, I don't know, it, it's sad. Uh But at the same time they don't want a whole bunch of people dancing to the garbage trying to get that too um so but um i don't know man you know you had to come clean with the store over your alleged stolen crate i had to come clean with my dad man
1: let me tell the story let me tell the story Uh, let me let me set this story up so because because you said you didn't see me do this and i know for a fact i did so when you came down a couple of years ago when we started your show, you came down, yada, yada. You, you, the, it was a Sunday or a Monday you would left. And so we go to the train depot at Gulfport to drop you off for you to get on the bus. The, you had your bag. Well, you had like three bags. You had your duffel bag. You had your carry-on bag. And the other bags went underneath the underneath the bus. And I remember you... I was okay. carrying your bag, your your rolling suitcase. It had all your collectibles you bought here. It had um, some shirts. It had, uh, most importantly, your dad's laptop. He, he, he lent you to start the podcast with. And so I told the yeah. guy, I said, hey, here's a suitcase. And a microphone. And, and a mic- and microphone. We had bought just bought that $300 Steve. microphone at Best Buy, like that three days before. But so I give yeah yeah i go to the to the driver of the bus he's checking everybody's tickets making sure they're good to go and i said hey man here's his bag and he said if you want mine put it under the put it under the train for me or the bus with the other bags i did i put it right there right right on top where he told me to put it had your name on it, everything you call me a couple days later the bus lost my pack, my baggage, they lost my stuff, they won't give it back to me, and I'm like, holy crap, so I call up there, and I'm like, look, I had a friend down, yada, yada, and they're like, we're not responsible for any bags, and I'm like, but somebody stole a bag, it doesn't matter if it was your fault or not, it was on your bus, and you know, when you, when you sign the piece of paper, you're signing something with insurance as like, look, my bag's on the bus, yada, yada, and so it's like, it was just a whole debacle. We forgot about it until,
0: like, what, three days ago. Well, I no, mean, I called back several times, and yeah, I traced other other bus stations, and I was even going to try to go out to Dallas or Houston. I think it's Dallas. Go to their uh, garage and see if I could walk around and find it eventually what I found out happens if luggage goes unclaimed if it just rides around on a circuit eventually they just take it and they store it in the garage and they're also found But here's this the thing COVID, we don't know so we don't but here's the thing in. about
1: your baggage is we don't know if it came unclaimed. It wasn't on the bus
0: so somebody oh, I, know, I know, we don't know if it's stolen it or say if it. it got lost in a bus we don't know what happened. I'm pretty sure it got stolen but anyway Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a logical Yeah, and and I want to, um, I still want to go to Dallas the garage and look around for it. They weren't allowing people to COVID. they hope they will eventually. But anyways, so yeah. And so my dad let mean, borrow, his, it was a book and I thought he was actually giving it to me, but it was just something he borrowed to be nice. <laughs> but now he was wanting to uh, give it to his girlfriend overseas, and she was wanting to use it to help her learn about American law and stuff so she can get a driver's license and and become a citizen. Mm -hmm. She was gonna go ahead and start studying Mm -hmm. now. And and he didn't mention it off and on in the last month and I had to brush it off and was able to maneuver our conversations around so I could avoid the subject. And so the other day, the other night, he says, hey, uh so hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting ready to uh, change clothes or whatever. He said, before you do that, did you get that laptop and charge it up for me real quick? Um, I want you to um, delete some stuff off of it and try to clean it up, you know? And I said, I don't have it right now. He said, what do you mean you don't have it? I said, it's at uh, a friend's house. He said, Eric, he said don't let me cuss you out. What do you mean it's at a friend's house? I and
1: didn't know I that. Said, well,
0: you know, I said, but yeah. I said, well, you know, it, yeah, I took it over there and I used it and I left it. But I'll see them Friday. They'll bring it back to me Friday. So he said, all right, well, cool. So Friday, you still have time to clean it off and then take it to the uh, UPS to mail it back to me. And so I was like, oh, crap. So I sat I was thinking, what? what can I think of what story can I think of to buy me time between now and Friday? I bought time. What story can I think of to get me out of this debacle? And so my stomach was just churning. So I woke up the next morning, I had diarrhea like crazy. <laughs> and I don't need to be graphic. But but I was just like, Oh my god. And so that's the day I texted Hodge. I said, today is the day I come clean with my dad. He said, what do you mean? You didn't tell me back then, you're 30 years old, you're in your 30s. I said, yeah. I said, what, well, uh if you think I'm, I'm something when I get going, my father's just send me on a bad day, I'm like a four, my dad's a 10, and he really is hot. I'm telling he's scary. And so, uh, I mean, if you make a 30-something, a 33-year-old man have diarrhea, and it was a I was planning on breaking the news to him on the toilet so he could literally scare the shit out of me. Mm. I mean, literally, that was my plan. But Hodge had the idea, why don't you record it? And I thought, you know what? That's a good idea. Not for the podcast, but just so Hodge uh, and people can hear how irate he gets. Well, Hodge said, well, I'm going to say he's probably not going to be too angry. He'll just be hurt that you afraid to talk to him about it i said that's a great idea but i know my dad that's not going to be it so turns out i called my dad uh i think this was was this yesterday how, or the day before was, it was the day before yesterday i was yeah, still i was still I my mom yesterday yeah i was still gone so it was a couple of days ago yeah it's the day before yesterday so i had uh he was in a really good mood and I mean, I'm i in a really good mood and we talked for about two hours and, we, and I kept trying to find a way to break into the conversation it was waiting on me I had, I had a ton of pressures on my shoulders mm. and on my chest I just had to get it out I've been carrying this for two years I just had to get it out mm. and so finally finally at the end of the conversation I said hey um, I got some bad news and he not what I said, we're going to be mad, but try not to get too mad because there's nothing either one of us can do to change it. And he said, oh, my God. He said, you sold a laptop. <laughs> I said, no, I didn't sell it. I promised you to sell it. they got stolen. And so I told him his story. And, and he said, it, "It's still thinking somehow I sold it. And I'm just thinking up old story. I'm like, no. I said, you know, you can talk to Dylan if you want to call Dylan. And I asked Dylan, you don't But he didn't understand why I took it to Mississippi to begin with and why I took it and put it in the, uh, right. the luggage to yeah. carry on. And I said, well, no, it was a dumb mistake. I'm sorry. And so my dad, my dad is blind, by the way, for those of you that don't know, he got shot a few years ago. In um, a the drive-by, these Blinds, so there's a living with my grandparents. And uh, while well, i a couple of months ago, my grandmother had to have back surgery. And it was just my grandfather and dad at home, and they were hungry. And she's always the one that does the cooking, and she was in the hospital. So I ordered them some food through DoorDash so they could eat. And so, and a couple other times since then, my dad was craving American food. He got tired of eating Welsh food all the time? Maybe said, American. I'd order him Ooh, American, and he loves Captain D's fried, or fried fish. And so, <laughs> at the end of the conversation, said, "Well, he was really—he wasn't mad. He was just upset. He was kind of afraid himself, kind of nervous. Oh my! What am I going to tell? So and so—it's just now she's going to think I lied to her when I promised she could have my laptop." You know, how am I going to break it to her now? She was so excited. That was just a big concern. And so what are you going to do uh, to make this up to me now? Because she knows I don't have $1,500 or whatever to buy a new MacBook. I said, well, you know, I need some Captain D's. Are you hungry? (laughs) And he said, I'm (laughs) serious." I said, I don't know. I said, I'm sorry, but we'll think of something. He said, whatever. And he hung up and... We've talked like three times since then. He's good. I didn't ask what he told her. (laughs) I don't want to open that can of worms, but he stopped mad. I thought I figured he would cuss and yell and disown me for a month, but he didn't. But real quick, because we're running late, I'm going to tell you another story uh, that I was speaking of stealing of when I lived with my dad in 8th grade. So I was, I had already finished playing with wrestling figures a couple of years prior. I had uh, given up wrestling figures when I just woke up and said, I'm too old to play with wrestling figures. Well, this was during the Ruthless Aggression era. I was in 8th grade and Kurt was fire hot. And so I walked over to a Walmart and uh, I <laughs> grabbed a Kurt Angel figure and went to the bathroom. Open it up. And I heard somebody else in the bathroom. And I put the figure in my pants. And threw the package away in the bathroom. Somebody else was in the bathroom. And so I had on earbuds. I was listening to rap. I think, I don't know what it was. I was just walking through the parking lot. And you know that feeling, Hodge, where you can feel somebody walking behind you? Yeah. I could feel it. I, <laughs> I would have walked another 20 feet. I would have been off of Walmart property. I don't think they could have done anything to me. But I turned around like an idiot and a Walmart manager was right behind me. We, our eyes locked on each other. I took my earphones off. She said, want to give it back? I said, oh shit. (laughs) I reached into my pants, pulled out her angle, gave it to her, she said, come with me. Went inside a Walmart, I made up this whole story that I was with a friend of mine threatened (laughs) if I didn't do this job. (laughs) I had a fake name, dude. And they, they couldn't get a hold of my parents because I just really wouldn't comply with her. So they banned me from that Walmart for our lives. But well, you know who won the pony? I've been back to that Walmart probably 20 times since then. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but anyway, well, well, whatever. I'm not going back now. I live too far away from there. Oh, okay. But anyways, it's been years since I've been there. But, uh... So the police comes to pick me up because I'm a juvenile. They uh, drive me to our apartment, drive me off to my dad. I didn't realize that my dad was actually in Johnson City that day, not going he was in Johnson City doing whatever he was doing. And the apartment next door to ours, this was the time of day that my dad would have been home on his lunch break. Mm -hmm. And so the apartment next door to ours, it was in number nine, Number eight was vacant, and I knew it was vacant. But the people that lived there left the mini blinds. They were closed. Mm. And so the police knocked on that door, and nobody come to the door. And I thought the police would just leave me there. And then the police would leave, and I'd go back to my own apartment, and all would be good. Didn't happen, buddy. You were dumb as a kid. So you I, said, well, were I can't dumb. just. Dude, I was squirming, dude. And I mentioned how embarrassing it is it that a 13-year-old still is, or 14-year-old, or whatever, still is a uh, 14-year-old still is a wrestling figure. So I, uh, officer says, well, I have to release you to an adult. He says, where does your dad work? And so I said, Sakura, a Japanese steakhouse, whatever. And says, oh shit, I, I ain't running it. My dad's gonna be there working, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> he takes me in handcuffs, he walks me into the restaurant. My dad's not there. He's in Johnson City, an hour half away from food, West Carolina, I didn't know it. But my dad's best friend, the guy that stoned me ever since I was born, has been a friend of the family all my life, was there working. Oh my god, Eric, oh my god, what happened to you and that handcuff on. And I was being escorted by the police, and he said, oh my God, what's going on? And the police told the whole story, and, and uh, like, I talked to class, he agreed to watch me, and I said to Danny, I said, please don't tell my dad what happened. You know, I will I will do it, I will work for you, I will wash your dishes, I will do whatever it takes. I will suck dude, your dick. Dude, that restaurant put me to work, dude. <laughs> that restaurant put me to work. And I I was washing dishes, and all of a sudden, right about 9.30 that night, I hear my dad's voice behind me speaking loud. He's like, oh my God, my son's up there washing dishes, what's up with that? And uh, so apparently somebody had walked away, called on the cell phone and told him what happened. He was playing with, my dad was. And uh, so we get in the car, we go home, nobody says a word to me. I thought I got away with it. He, uh, was, so he was waiting for you to tell him what good. happened. That's what was we'll Yeah, he was waiting. So so the next day I get home from school, my dad's like, Hey, so anything new happening? Anyway? He said, No, nothing. All right. Two days anything new, three days, anything new, no. The fourth day, no. And then and then there was uh Friday. So there was a Sunday I think when it happened, and then Friday happened. Friday. So he gave me five days. Five chances and finally I said no nothing new I was suspicious because he never had something new going on repeatedly like that before yeah I was suspicious but everybody promised they swore they didn't tell him then he swore his boss she swore everybody swore they had my back my dad said you better fucking tell me what happened right now it's just I know everything <laughs> And let me, let me oh tell you what that God. was. And,
1: let me uh, tell I, you what that was. It was a test.
0: He didn't... It was a test. Yeah. yeah. He told me it was a test. And I... Dude, he wore me out. like <laughs> he, he told me, he said... He, he told me, he said, I didn't bust your ass because... Uh, he stole. I bust your ass because you kept lying to me about it. Because he believed that a friend... And for some reason, he believed that the police did. The police said I was full of it, and he knew I was lying. My dad believed that. A friend said that if I didn't steal, that I would get beat up. My dad felt bad for me for that. But he said because I lied and I didn't complete, that's why he wore me out. (laughs) So that's the story I wasn't planning to share today, but it kind of goes along with everything else. But yeah, my dad... Let me me tell you this.
1: I have one of those stories, and I know it's off the topic, and kind of having to cut it short. But there was a story, and this is a funny story. I didn't really get a lot of um, what we call in here whoopings or spankings, because I was a good kid. I didn't really, you know, stay to myself. I didn't really. But one time, I don't remember exactly what I did, but I remember people were outside working on our sewage line we had there was a busted there was a busted line or something and so it was like this big pond of just sewage water and they were trying to clear it out and they were working on getting it fixed right. all i remember doing i was i mean i had to have been 6 maybe i remember running out the front door of the trailer we lived in running behind the running behind the trailer not thinking dad would do anything because there were people watching <laughs> he couldn't catch me. I was I was fast and I was little, and I remember he put his foot out and he tripped me and I fell all in that sewage water. He then proceeded oh. to pick me up by my arm like this and take his belt and was just whipping yeah, yeah. the shit out of me and I'm like ah ah so like <laughs> I was covered in <laughs> sewage water <laughs> and then proceeded to get my oh, butt no. but I but I but I. I'm pretty sure I deserved it. I don't really know what I did, but the
0: times I did get... I was afraid of getting it. I would have been afraid of a of a stinking well or wound infected by sewage water. I don't think he cared at that point. I'd be free with him. I don't think he cared at that point. Well, hey, you know who won the pony. So, I mean, anyways, so back to the computer story. So, my dad's I it's gone and you know, i said i can somehow retrieve it i said let me be honest with you dad i said i'm hoping that uh i'll get a call from greyhound said hey we found your bag and would you like to come he said, said stop dreaming he says it's been two years it's just gone it's gone you're not getting it back i'm still hopeful that's my computer story but you got a computer story of your own uh not missing but <sighs> dude this, up.
1: just telling the story stresses me back out so Three weeks ago, my computer just stopped working. I would press the power button, the keyboard would light up, nothing would happen. And I have all of my stuff. I didn't ha- I, um, I had a jump drive or a flash drive, but I didn't have any of it backed up. So, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my god, stuff got to get done, yada yada. So... I was going to take it to Best Buy let the Geek Squad work on it, but I didn't have the extra cash because they're going to charge you 300 bucks just to look at it. So I took it to this little computer electronic shop in Gulfport and they fixed it. it cost me 25 bucks. Something it was something with the seat with one of the batteries in the bottom or something like that. So I went to Best Buy and I went ahead and bought like a A terabyte jump drive. And I went home and I put all my stuff on it and I backed it up. Well, a few days ago, maybe a week ago, I get home for a day from my trip, which we'll talk about here shortly. So I was here a day before I went back out and I could not connect to my Wi-Fi. And I'm like, okay, what's the deal? Thinking maybe something was up for my Wi-Fi, so I turn my hotspot on on my phone. Won't connect to my hotspot. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm turning the laptop on and off, and I'm like, okay, maybe just trying different things. Look up online, it could be this, it could be that. Nothing was happening. So I have a Dell. The brand is Dell. And so I called Dell. First time I was on the phone with them about, 45 minutes to an hour and I tell them what's happening and they say okay we'll go in and do this you got it whatever they told me to do didn't work and so I waited a couple of days to see if maybe it was my last I left it unplugged to made it uh, manually die you know without keeping it plugged in it's not working and so I'm freaking out so I called Dell again I was on the phone for three hours. I didn't write down what they told me to do. And so they said, Sir, well, we have to know what they told you to do so we can't give you the same steps. And I said, Well, don't you tell me on the automated system that my phone call is being recorded. Go pull the message, listen <laughs> to it, and then come back and help me because I'm paying you. I think it was like you had to pay 50 bucks for them to help you or something like that. I'm like, I just paid you 50 bucks and Help me. Go listen to the message. Right. Sir, we can't do that. Why not I give you my permission? It was me. I had the dude I talked to. His name was Hal on here. What are we doing? They don't record those messages. I'm telling you right now, they do not record them because if they recorded them and I had the exact person and the exact day and time I called, they would have went through it no problem. They don't record them calls. So for three...
0: Well, 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 I, have, I haven't worked in a call center before. Sometimes stuff isn't recorded, but usually it is. And if it is, dude, imagine a call sent with a thousand employees and every and all thousand have a phone call a minute. Like you it's hard to go through that database of all those recordings. Don't do it. I mean I had to do it when I was a supervisor and it would take me an hour or two hours to find one specific one, even with the timestamps. Just because you have a 1,000 people that have exactly um, a call that was recorded at, for example, one hundred five. p.m. You know, so. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Start to interrupt. Go ahead. But anyways, it doesn't matter. They, they just don't want to. They didn't want to. They didn't forever. want to.
1: They didn't want to. And so now, that's why we can't do video on here because my video, I'm doing it on my iPad and I don't have the best angle on my iPad. I don't have a setup for my iPad on my laptop so the final three hours the final 15 minutes they said okay something has happened to your laptop when that whatever it happened the first time happened it did damage to one of the bases or something in the laptop they told me it was going to cost more than what the laptop was worth so now i'm like crap I have my stuff works. I just can't upload anything, so I'm having to use my sister my sister's boyfriend's laptop to upload my stuff. That's why there hasn't been no YouTube stuff. I'm working on them, and I'm like, God. So I'm I'm hope I'm getting a laptop tomorrow. Would know if I just had to go out and out, like, buy a 500 dollars laptop. So what I'm going to have to do because uh, this is. And it's not like they're saying, you know, you don't have to have a laptop to do this. Yeah, you kind of do, unless, you know, you pay somebody for the to do the files, but I don't. I do it all. So, it's a uh, big right. one stress headache after another for me.
0: Yeah, I hate to hear that, man. For real, it's... It's, uh... It's a headache, yeah. You, you do your files, you do my files, and, and now you've volunteer to do. Yeah. I was for something that's coming up in the future. I don't want to talk about it too much right now. Hopefully. But teaser folks, hopefully, yeah. There's a core group consisting of Hodge and myself and a couple other B teamers. Hopefully we're going to have something very special that we're going to be putting out. It's going to be (laughs) another show and Hodge agreed to do that as well. So you definitely got to have a computer to do that. And, um, that is going to be exciting. Speaking of the B-team, Hodge and I have felt like B-team team are outsiders for the longest time. I don't really want to go into the whole yeah. story as to why, but but we have, and we kind of, our films are trying to be hurt when Bobby would talk about the B-team for us. We always felt like that was other people not including us and Hodge and I have been loyal um, to the point I've mean, got probably freaking face on my arm forever you know and I was I was loyal to that group before b was even a thing I was loyal right. to that group when they first moved to Nashville when they didn't really have a fan base I was kissing their butts and going to their events that they they weren't drawing anybody dude the first event I went to, and I met Eddie, Ray, Nada, Sydney, uh, Sid the Kid, and Lunchbox, uh, Amy, uh, Bobby, and, and I, our shoulders touched, he's walking up the door, I was walking in, I didn't realize that was him, until it was too late. I met the whole crew, there was maybe, oh, and Laura Bell Bundy, there was maybe 10 people in that venue. Mm. Including me. If they did that today, it'd be packed out. There'll be thousand. That venue held could hold a couple thousand people. And yeah, it was empty. And um, so I was there since day one. And I volunteered to do all kinds of stuff. And then I thought, man, Bobby really? But uh, like, whatever. But hard to find out, you know. Uh, we just didn't know. The B was and I get in touch with them, so I started. Uh, I found out there's a B Team Facebook page. Got in touch with it, and I told Hodge to get in touch with it. And then uh, you just start talking, making connections, making friendships with normal humans. Just like normal humans do. Just start communicating with people, and find, people find out we have things in common with them. And also, not only that, but we all also love Bobby and the show and so now we're a part of the b team and we're loving the b team i'm loving it we're doing we have clubhouse calls we do every sunday i look forward to them um i'm really good friend. well not i'm getting to be really good friends with a couple of people right um the only thing that's stopping us from becoming good friends is time i think as time goes on our relationships will get stronger as every relationship should um and I love them and you no, know, they love me. They love Hodge. We're family. So, um, yeah, we're doing great things to the B team, the B team, um, it supports causes and helps uh, the show with goals and they help the show, uh, members when show members have issues. We rally together to lift up the show member. So it, it's a really cool thing. And if you're a fan of the Bobby Bones show, um, it, and you want to be part of the B team. Um, you can't be just going to be a positive person or not about drama. You got to keep it positive and be a good human. At the end of the day, that's what we all have in common. We strive to be good humans. I think that's what it is. And speaking of supporting causes, recently Eddie, producer Eddie from the Bobby Bill Show, had mocked the George Strait song, Carrying Your Love With Me, the line that says, uh, for West Virginia down to Tennessee. So well, that's not that far. So they turned into a bit, and Eddie ended up walking from the border of West Virginia down to Bristol, Tennessee. Well, I live in East Tennessee in the Tri-Cities, Johnson City uh, being one third of the Tri-Cities, Bristol being another third of the Tri-Cities. And that my initial goal was to go to the finish line and it takes celebratories to Eddie Scuba Steve. Wow. And oh, my God, you did it. And I've been in contact with the show, and uh, there were other plans in place. I don't want to really go down that rabbit hole right now. There are other plans in place, and they fell through. And so my backup plan was just to show up and do the... Which we uh, kind
1: of knew uh, they were going to fall out when they got certain sponsors and I texted you I was like, those plans are not gonna happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. when well, they got sponsors from the uh, Hyundai Car Company yeah. and they got sponsored by somebody else. Once they start sponsors start getting involved and whatnot, kinda of new, yeah. So, and once they it's sped up the date, when's he gonna do this and just oh in two weeks. Right. Versus possibly within the next month or so. And so, you know, it is what it is. So I thought, well, I'll just show up at the finish line and we'll take the and the Hodges will come up to Johnson City and go with me. Well, I ended up having a doctor's appointment in Nashville. And on top of that, it was becoming mysterious of when Eddie would finish because he was doing extra miles. And you could tell by the tone of the show I want him to hurry and get it done as quickly as possible, and instead of taking the whole week like the plans to start it on Monday, started on Father's Day, and instead of finishing on Friday, instead finishing on Wednesday. And so, I know the area very well. I've been all my life up through Virginia and up to West Virginia, and back when my family used to follow this preacher around named R.A. West, who was from Barney, West Virginia. Like, I know the area, and so. Initially, my mom and I was going to go, my mom's never met anybody from the show, and she's like the show. She's, she's a fan. Not a big fan, because she doesn't know how to do podcasts that are not on in our area, but from what she knows, she's a fan. And from the video clip she's seen, she's a fan. Mm. So, um, the stories I've told. So, so, we're going to go to Bristol, and then the Nashville thing came up. and So, it was a Monday, and I, I'm freaking out. I had diarrhea all that morning, too. Apparently, when my nerves start going, I have diarrhea. So I was like, oh, my God, i got to get up there. I've got to say, hey, at least, to do my support. And so my mom was like, oh, there's no way I could go today because I'd already had plans with Mark, which is her husband. But i had to find out, Mark um, ended up having to do something outside, I had to work outside, and... We were waiting on somebody to come, and so Mark's going to be preoccupied all day, so Mark am all and I says, hey, guess what, we can go. And so, oh my God, we're going to go. And so, we drive straight to Virginia, got interstate, get to Bristol, then we get off, got on Highway 19. Highway 19 is the highway that Eddie was walking on. I kept checking Instagram, seeing where is Eddie now, where is Eddie now? Eddie and Steve stopped at a Pizza Plus restaurant. And the Pizza Plus is a small little pizza chain in Southwest Virginia and Northeast Tennessee. And so uh, they had some really crappy pizza. And I was like, oh man, Eddie loves pizza. He's going to be right now by this pizza. So uh, so it said they were just there like 20 minutes ago, but they were sitting down and eating. Good sign taking a break and so and we're like uh, it was in Rosedale Virginia and we were like 10 miles away I said alright so we're gonna call so I called I said hey uh, do you see a Mexican and a white guy with a big beard now you gotta understand did that you
1: literally you, part, you, did, you um, literally called because I thought you were joking when you texted me that you had
0: called them uh, I literally called and, uh, oh, Eddie talked about that on the best bits of the week. Um, on the, on this past Saturday, best bits of the week, he's told boards Yes. The listener called and said it was a Mexican and a guy with a beard. Anyways, yeah, that was me. And she said, uh, yellow shirt. I said, yes. She said, yeah. They're sitting there. I said, go tell them. But my name is Eric. I'll be there in five minutes. And we pulled up right by the restaurant. She's okay, let tell. She doesn't tell us, dude. We get right by the restaurant, but the GPS, my phone is telling me it's not this location. It's the next one, and so we get to the next one, and that was another five miles. They were closed down. That was the old location. <laughs> I'm freaking. I said, Oh my god, we're gonna miss them. I was. I had this whole scenario in my head. We're going to... Oh, yeah. You're going to miss a guy. Day. You're going
1: to miss a guy walking and a guy driving one mile an hour. You're going to miss him because you missed him by five minutes. You're going to oh, run into him anyways.
0: It's it not that. It's just... It's not that. It's just I thought I'd just run inside and sit down by him and sit down oh, all right. And right. Anyway, and, have a anyway. Few minutes. <laughs> and And where he's walking on Highway 19, dude, there was like a two-inch space. like Grass... I'm at a big rock wall. I, my mom would have parked blocking traffic so we could get out. So, anyways, so, I'm like, oh my gosh. So, I call back the restaurant and she says, I said, yeah, okay, so we're at the wrong location. We're coming right back. for five miles she says, well, I think they are getting ready to leave. But I'll tell them to hold on. My mom says, I'm going to pray that one of them has to use the bathroom. <laughs> and we get there, we pull in, and Steve is sitting in the driver's seat with the door wide open, just sitting there, chilling on his phone. We pull in. I wrote one on him I woke up. I, out, and I asked, Steve, he said, yo. And we talked for a couple minutes because I'm loud. Steve was talking about Laos the Thai food in California, about where to get it in Nashville, he didn't know. So I told him. And so I'm like, so where's Eddie? He said, oh, I dropped Eddie off way back there. He'll be up in a minute. He said, I'm just kidding. Eddie's in the bathroom. So I'm operating to, to the bathroom he did. So Eddie comes out and Eddie sees me and his mouth drops. He says, Yo, big shrimp And he put out his phone and he's trying to video, he's gonna put it on Instagram my dad. It's the big shrimp, it's the big shrimp and I'm just sitting there, right? Like, my mouth dropped to the point, Oh my God do Not know if he know me as Eric, but he knows yeah, the but we knew big shrimp. Yeah, I just I that.
1: why were you surprised? We knew that though. We knew when we went and saw him, and they I know, we us did by the Biloxi,
0: too. It, That's what I'm saying. Why were you we so that surprised? In Biloxi, too. It, it, it surprises me every time, dude. Every <laughs> time I'm just like, oh, my mouth drops. I, I, I well, every time, every time he sees me, I, he did it to me in Charleston. He said, "Oh my god, I'm a, oh my god, anyhow." how do you remember me? Y'all? Anyway, so, how do you, anyway, so, he, um, <laughs> so, I, he hugged my mom, and we talked, we did talk for about 10 minutes, we took pictures, and, he took pictures with his phone, and put it on a video slide, he put on the Instagram, and, uh, uh, the B team came through strong, and, uh, the B team, and other people, I'm sure that aren't part of the B team, donated to, this walk that was to uh, raise money for national angels, um, national orphanage community. I think they raised over a quarter of a million dollars at some 285,000 dollars. I believe just phenomenal. Eddie's goal was 10,000. He thought 10,000 would be a lot and way way surpassed that. So that's awesome. And, um, yeah, so, you know, we're part of the B team. We're loving it. I was able to uh, represent the B team and going out and seeing him, and they appreciated that, too. I felt bad at first. I thought, well, we need to stop by a gas station and get him a Gatorade and a protein bar, you know. But luckily, they were at a restaurant eating, so I knew he had nourishment and his drinks, so I didn't feel bad about that because we were out in the middle of nowhere, so. It all worked out really well, got to hang out with Eddie, and uh, that's what happened on my end with the B-team, and Hodge is also part of the B-team, but he lived so far away he couldn't come up at the last minute, when he had planned to. But Hodge does have some exciting stuff going on on his end regarding uh, a podcast study and movie set, and uh, movies being produced in his hometown, Oak Wiggins you
1: okay it, you, <laughs> you had thought I was lying you, uh, thought, uh, you, had, you thought I was lying and you're like I want you to prove it I'm like I'm gonna prove it right here talking on the simulcast not gonna say I, I'm i gonna keep it very limited don't know what I can I didn't take any pictures of anything except for the ones I showed you I I don't know what to say but here I'm gonna say I reached out to I actually reached out to this person and they were like hey yeah, cool, I could probably set you something up. Because for me, the production company is not just going to be podcasts. It's going to be movies. It's it's just going to be branched out to a bunch of stuff. That's that's my dream is to do, um, just, just to have a, like a hodgepodge of everything. And so I went, and I had my notebook with me, and I had my pen, and I had a phone with me, and I was basically just sitting there watching the movie being filmed and was taking notes on what was happening here and there i call it a a case study for the podcast it was really just me learning the ropes and so yeah i told one other person um she's a good friend of mine and so i know she's not gonna go and yap her mouth to anybody um but we really enjoyed um the thing that it's being uh focused on so there's that. Also, I am don't know what how much I can say of this because I haven't talked to Drew. Um, but I'm gonna be a small producer on a new movie here, filming in Wiggins. Um, location manager, gonna do some of the stuff with the cameras, stuff like that. So we're branching out with the with the production company. I'll post a we're filming here in a. Um, in a couple of weeks, I just coming out very, um, very quick. And so I have to go look at a couple of locations here in the next. Um, I have a, that's that's why I'm trying to hurry up and get through this. We have a, I have a, go look at this location here in the next, you know, 30 minutes. And so send it over to him and we're going to figure out what we're going to do. But dude, we're branching out. We're branching out. And slowly but surely we're branching that's out here. I love it.
0: Love it. We got our hands in a cookie jar. All kinds of cookies in our cookie jars: to a travel chip, white macadamia nut, oatmeal raisin. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of cookie you want, brother. We got cookies. Dude, we got our hands oatmeal cookie raisin. Jargon, oatmeal of
1: raisin of is looked upon. I love oatmeal raisin cookies. I'm not a big fan of the macadamia
0: well, nuts. I, I love it, too. I like all the cookies. I, oh, I like the nuts. Speaking of nuts, this isn't part of what was planned to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it. I asked Hodge this morning and said, did you know putting hot water on your balls isn't good for your spermies? I only Hodge knew, but I didn't. Yes. I'm an idiot. <laughs> this is graphic. This is graphic. If you don't want to hear it, skip about a minute. But in the shower recently, I found out with the shower wand spraying hot water, really like as hot as no did, on your balls and your <laughs> penis and in between your legs. It feels uh amazing oh my goodness Like right, it was my favorite part of the shower and then i thought you know i'm going to google why does it feel good putting your hot water on your balls so i do it and found out you're not supposed to do that because you're killing your spermies and so now my newfound favorite part of the shower has been taken away from me um uh, anyways nuts i do like white macadamia nuts I've been eating something that's lately Hodge and uh, I like nuts. Your favorite <laughs> huh? moving along. Yeah, and moving along <laughs> We're gonna play a game in a minute. Hodge wants to play a game. Um top five guest game, but um before we get to that, my last update with me. Um Still, the plan is, God willing, I got to do the laptop of some sort. But I'm planning to enroll in uh, seminary school, Islamic school, this September, the online program. I'm working to get a doctorate degree. And uh, I going to become a sheikh. A sheikh. It's like a high-ranking priest, in a way. And... Uh, You know, and and along with that, I'm on a journey, on a spousal search journey, trying to find a wife. Um, Some of my brothers in the faith know about it. We've talked about it. Um, A shit that I am uh, close to that I consider to be, like, my mentor. He knows about it. And I'm on a Islamic dating app. And on top of that... uh, I have a private Facebook page. I have a couple of Facebook pages, but the private ones, is the Islamic one, and there's a couple of sisters on there I'm talking to. I gotta have a wife, though. but so I also gotta get in shape and get healthy, too, to support a wife. But at the Walmart, I go to in Nashville. There's some beautiful, beautiful women, Muslim women, <laughs> and I know I should have my gaze and not talk. I try not to talk, anyway. It's rude, but... Um, there's this one girl sister, she wears the hijab. I love the hijab. It's, it's a deal breaker. If you don't wear the hijab, it's a deal breaker. Gotta be modest and be a practicing Muslim. And she's clearly Middle Eastern descent A some description because of her name and her accent and everything else. But I haven't figured out yet what. It's, so we've talked a little bit and to send her a picture to Hodge, and I got to talk to her dad, his permission to do a date with her. Um, it may sound archaic, just those of us in America and in the West, but the um, Islamic rules, um, that it, it has permission for the parents where you take the daughter on a date. And so, anyway, so, hopefully that'll work out, because um, she's really nice. And there was this other Muslim sister that every time I see a Muslim um, in public, I salam them. Salam, it's just a greeting. Say, Assalamu Alaikum. Um, they say, Wa alaikum wa salam. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's um, just Arabic, say, may peace be with you. It's a Muslim, universal Muslim greeting. Um, and so this lady was walking by sister walmart i salaamed her, so her she stopped her tracks and we said did you just say I, him him? I said yeah and then we talked i said you know my goal is to become a sheikh and she laid up she said i'm from palestine she's she palestinian and uh you know so i don't know but i'm making myself known in the islamic community God willing, thank God, and that's going really well. I'm very strong in my faith. A couple people try to shake it lately, and they've not succeeded. I'm I'm very happy, the happiest I've been in my life, I have the most peace I've had in my life, the most confidence I've had in my life, and I just have this community of brethren that um, are helping me and supporting me mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and, and it's done really well for me, so um, I know a lot of folks listening um, might be weary of Muslims and Islam because of uh, what you've heard about terrorism and what you've seen and what goes on in certain countries. And I'd better say this, that is not Islam true Islam um, at all. Uh, a lot of it is political and politic. And anytime politics is involved with anything, it messes it up. Politics is a dirty game. And people that happen to be Muslim by name um, are involved with politics. And, I right, for example, the letter Osama bin Laden wrote to the United States after 9-11, if you read that letter, it's a political letter. It's not a because... Allah is the true God, and you are serving uh, an idol. You live in idolatry. We are attacking you because you got to consider that for thousands of years, well, for the last hundreds of years in the Middle East, Muslims and Christians and Jews lived coexisted peacefully, side by side, until politics got involved, and then wars happened, and so. Um, I would encourage you to not be fearful. Not to believe everything you hear really on the news. You don't have to take my word for it. Read your own research. You'll find out that just as much as there are people committing atrocities and evil in the name of Islam, there are people that have done the same thing in the name of other religions, even Christianity. People have done horrible things in the name of Christianity. The Catholic Crusades, for example. So I would get off of that. I know is not a comfortable subject for a lot of people, but I also want to be transparent and honest with the audience so that people know where I stand and be open and it's a big part of my life. And so I want to be real about it. Anyway, so uh, going on from that, because time is running short, we're going to do our game, Hodge, and then after the game, we're each going to have our clothes. And then that'd be the end of the show.
1: Well, I saw Joe Rogan do this on his Instagram, and he gave his top five guests he's ever had on the show. So I figured it would be cool for us, or just for me, because I've already written down my top five um, guests we've had. I'm going to... I excluded... Am I number one? No, you're not number one. No, no, not even close. How about number two? You didn't make my list. Not even number five. You, you, you didn't even crack the first hundred. Well,
0: let me tell you something, brother. You ain't even on my list either. <laughs>
1: I, ex- From my list, I excluded independent artists for the reason of favoritism. Um, so, yeah, I excluded all independent artists. You don't have to. I did. Thought somebody was at my door. So my top five, number five, is Heather Shaw. She I saw her on YouTube and on TikTok all the time. She is freaking hilarious. And she claims she's Jim Carrey's long lost daughter. Looks just like Jim Carrey. Well, just like him. And I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I thought thought she was very funny, and she's the biggest um,
0: podcast downloaded to date. Yeah, she looks just like him, too. All right, I'm going to do my number five. All right. Now, these aren't in any specific order on my end, um, because I didn't make a list. But I will say number five for me is uh, she's an artist, but she's also a psychologist. We've done a lot of mental health stuff and uh, I'm going to have her on again because she's promoting her own show that she's coming out with and uh, her name is Deborah Huey Riley um, very intelligent very well spoken she can sing really well and she's incredibly gorgeous uh, she's like 50 something I asked her out and uh, she said she was flattered but uh, from experience Previous experience dating another man didn't work well, so but yeah, there you go. She's a very good person, a very kind soul. Deborah Hewie Riley, check her out. All right, next for you, Hodge.
1: My number four is Kent Blazy. This guy right. has written a bunch of. Songs from Garth Brooks. He's just a songwriting god and a songwriting genius. So it was cool to have Camp Blazy on the show. It was it was very it, it was very cool to me because I love getting compliments on how I talk to people and my podcasting does. So yeah, it's cool. it's is hard for me because I had a lot of cool
0: people. I had I I had a guy that wrote. Tim McGraw, one of Tim McGraw's top songs, uh, The Barbecue Stain Song, or that Summer, whatever it's called. Uh-huh. Uh, I had him, uh, his name is Rick Barrow, I had him on. I've had uh, people on that I really adored and admire. It's hard to get on and have them on. So uh, no, I'll tell you another one. Ally um, calling the daughter of Garth Brooks. Um, talented artist um, she's one of those I respect uh, that she's not trying to live off her dad's name As a matter of fact I had to work hard to get her on the show and once I got her on I was instructed to not talk about her father if you want you can have one question and one question only and out of respect to Allie I went to the very end of the interview and I didn't even name him by name I said Allie you come from a home with a parent and a come from a home with a parent and a step parent who were considered undeniably um, two of the greatest to have done it in the last generation. What have you learned from them? That was my question. I didn't say Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood. I just I know she doesn't want to be known as that. She wants to make on her own merits. And I respect her for it. Now, on the one hand, it's gonna really be hard for her, and she's saying, uh, "For people that do know, because they're gonna compare her unjustly to her father." And two, it's hard just because it's hard for anybody to make it, create a feel as an artist. But I have all the respect in the world for her. When I was sick, she came through and uh, sent me a beautiful uh, video message, wishing me well. And then another time when I was sick. She called to check on me and we talked for about five minutes. So she's uh, a very kind soul, someone that I am privileged and honored to know. And uh, yeah, so she was on my list.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm trying to hurry As up. Again,
0: my list is not in order.
1: Right. So quickly here um, my third is uh, my boy and my friend, X Chase Money. Uh, I was a fan of this guy for a long time. I'm a big video game player. He is as well. and So it was kind of cool to have uh, this guy on and we chat. And he's been on numerous times. And I think we're talking about doing another one in the next few months. Nice.
0: Another one I had on I thought this study would be hard to get and actually she was fairly easy. She went to my website and saw what I was about and it said, go up website, and she'll be honored to be part of the show. I'm talking about a, uh, someone who has made a lot of fans, but she's also made a lot of enemies. She's unapologetic. She uh, has made herself known online. The video, Rubia Garcia, beautiful young lady from Louisiana, school teacher, and now she's left, I think, teaching. She's traveling the country, uh, getting involved politically and whatnot. And uh, she came on the show. And that has been, I think, my best rated show so far was Rubio Garcia.
1: My favorite... The top two are my top two favorite episodes I've ever done. Um, second being Jeff Bates. Um... I grew up with this guy, and it was cool for, to finally, because I was denied four times. Four times I was denied Jeff Bates, and it was cool to finally get him on, and we chatted for well over an hour, even though it was like 55 minutes on the show, we talked like 90 minutes afterwards, and so it was cool hearing from one of my uh, people that that, that I enjoyed growing up, and I think that's always cool for me.
0: Yeah, that's something about a lot of these interviews is like, after the mics have turned off, we continue to talk sometimes 30 minutes or an additional hour after that. It's always fun. I want not even an honorable mention real quick. Somebody I had on and the file never took. It didn't be right. I'm so upset about it. Uh, rabbi Tovia Singer is a theologian and a rabbi. I think 112th great grandson of of uh i forget one of the high priests of the old testament very knowledgeable guy somebody i consider a hero in a way i admire and hopefully i'm hoping to just go see him he's in the united states traveling i hope to see him soon but uh tobias senior that's an honorable mention but anyways moving on uh Another name, somebody else I've had on. One of my favorites. Uh, Oh, this is somebody that was hard to get on. She was doing a live video one day and I invited her on. She said, get a hold of such and such, they'll they'll get us together. And I did that and it took months. And going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, she came on. She's an artist, an upcoming artist. Uh, she does. Uh, I think she'll have some success for sure. She's already had a lot of success, independent artists. Her name is Karen trip
1: Cool. My number one is um, I thought this was really cool because it went back into the day, it went back into the 60s, and I talked about Dolly when she first saw Dolly blow up. And I'm talking Jeannie Seeley. Uh, that's my absolute favorite episode I've ever done. I, lo- I listen back to it to this day, and I think that's one of the best ones I've ever done.
0: Do you have an honorable mention?
1: Um, yeah, I got Marlon Hargis from Exile. I really enjoyed that one. I had him, too. That was a good
0: one. All right, so again, my five are not in order of favorites at all. Um, I didn't prepare for these. This is off the sperm of the moment, as to why Jim Cornette would stay. By the way, folks, a lot of my sayings, whatever I get from Jim Cornette, all right? So you know who won the pony. But,
1: uh,
0: I'm going to say Zombie, a.k.a. Price, Mr. Don, won't Stop. He's a Laos rapper and actor, somebody I've been a fan of for years. And before Big Shrimp Radio really was a thing, I knew having him on would be a dream. I wanted to have him on. And I've had a lot of, I've had a few Laos people on, uh, MMA fighters and whatever. I got a few more coming on. I always wanna highlight the Laos people because I'm half Louse, obviously. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Having haven't heritage um, so he, uh, but he, was, he came on to promote a movie, and we also talked his career, but he promoted a movie, The uh, Redemption, talked about, the movie talks about uh, bombs that are still in Laos to this day that have been left over uh, from the secret war the CIA had in Laos trying to pick up the communists. And uh, to this day, Laos is that most heavily bombed country per capita in the history of the world and there are children that go out to the fields and pick up what they think is a toy ball and an explosion in their hands. Here we are 50 years later and there are farmers that dig into the ground and blow their hands and legs off. 50 years later uh, just, they had nothing to do with the war but just because just the remnants are left over and having been picked up. So this is a wild story and having him on was a true blessing and a true honor, so yeah. I'm leaving out so many cool people. I've had a lot of good interviews I've had a lot of good guests. You no. Know, I mean Cody Isis is the independent wrestler I had on and he's also an artist now we talk about his bonded talk about old school wrestling. I talked about uh independent wrestling here in Northeast Tennessee, Tennessee Tropic City Park and Rex, what that building meant to both of us, I was torn down. That's a good one too. So, anyways, sorry for rambling on, but it's time to come to a close. And I always delete the odd number episodes, so I'm gonna close it out. After my close, I'm gonna let Hodge give his final remarks, and Hodge give his famous closing. And after that, we're gonna sign off. So here we are folks. Our tomorrows are never guaranteed. And for some of us, unfortunately, we got less of them left than we do yesterday's. Life is a journey. And whatever a hindrance or a roadblock, whatever drama, trauma, negativity, struggle, pain, shame, or guilt, lay it to the side and get to step. Live your life and live your truth unapologetically. Aspire to inspire before you expire and as always until next time You got a friend in me I take it away
1: don't have no remarks, but you guys know what I always say enjoy and as always frownless We'll see you on the
0: next one